Welcome to Cannon Fodder. Today is the 23rd of June, 2021. We're, what, two days into summer now? It's a Wednesday at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning as we record this. I'm Mike A-Race with our fine Blue Jackets beat writer, Brian Hedger, and at the controls, per, per usual, is, is the pod father, Patrick Flaherty, who... Um, made me come into the office and the equipment didn't work. So here we are zooming. Luckily, we reached Hedge in time to save him a little drive. He's ensconced in his uh, palatial estate and, and ready to go here. Hedge, there's there's really, we can talk about a few things, Blue Jackets, but really as we prep to do this show, there is one topic and one topic only, and, and it's a big one. Well, why don't you just start us on it with, with the background, and then we'll get into the on one hand and yet on the other. So go ahead. Our one big topic is Jack Eichel, Blue Jack Eichel, I guess you could say, potentially, uh, if you're going to into the whole uh, you know playing with words thing. Um, yeah, Buffalo Sabres, top center star, number two overall pick uh, behind Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel. He wants out of Buffalo. Right. Like he's he's their version of Seth Jones or Artemi Panarin or whatever. He's had it. He wants out. He thinks he can, you know, wants a new change of scenery. He wants to change the scenery, all that kind of stuff. So naturally, you know, the Blue Jackets have three first round picks, uh, including one that's fifth overall. They have two goalies, one of whom they've got a deal. They've got Seth Jones, who does not want to be here, apparently. And you got all kinds of issues. Oh, hey, it, does Zach Wierenski want to be here? That kind of thing. I mean, he's a potential RFA after next season. So they have a lot of assets. They have a lot of – so people are, are naturally adding two and two to make four with Eichel saying, hey, Blue Jackets might be a good – and the Blue Jackets need a number one overall center. But, of course, Jack Eichel has a neck injury that we have to deal with as well. Okay, we'll start at the beginning here. Um, these are reports that date back to last week. Uh, first one saying Eichel's on the block. Any number of teams are kicking the tires. Um, the latest reports from some, you know, pretty reputable uh, NHL guys like uh, Pierre Lebrun and Darren Dreger. Elliot Friedman. And Elliot Friedman. Uh, the latest reports say that it's down to Jackets and Anaheim. At least that's what they've speculated. Now, Anaheim has uh, a lot of good young players in their stable, uh, including um, uh, what's Zegris's first name? He's he's a hell of a center. Trevor, Trevor Zegris. Um, he's 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 a center. If if you watch the World Juniors, you certainly notice Trevor Zegris um, in uh, at the end of December and into January. Um, anyway, an excellent prospect uh, among others in in the Anaheim stable. <clears throat> um, Jack Eichel is. Uh, is where where do you rank him hedge in terms of the top centers in the league? I see. I'm different than most people. I put him up in the top, top, definitely top ten, maybe top seven or eight. Might even be higher than that. Um, yeah. So you're talking about an elite number one center. Uh, some people might even argue top three or four in the league. Um, yeah. Especially when you add in the fact of his age. What's what's he? Twenty five years old now. Twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four years old. Um, in the ups in the upslope of his prime, um, and he's available for uh, one or two reasons. The first reason uh, Brian explained um, after all the years of losing, he's ready for a change of scenery. 
Uh, he and Sam Reinhart, the number two center in Buffalo, have made that clear. Um, uh, the uh, other reason or <laughs> the Buffalo was is so willing to move him is one, he doesn't want to be there. And two, what's up with his neck here? Right. Well, uh, he had a he has a um, uh, a disc issue, a herniated disc in his neck. Uh, happened against the Islanders about, I want to say, 22 games into the 56-game season around there. Uh, didn't finish the season. Um, and, and he's at odds with the team uh, as to how they need to go about treating this injury. Um, so, he, as I just said, he missed the rest of the season, didn't do anything. That was what the team wanted him to do. They wanted him to take 12 weeks off. You know, that's, that's the like the team is going with the standard protocol for one of these injuries. And that is, and then it, when I say standard, it's what most teams will do. Almost every team will do in this situation. Right. And, and, you know, when it comes to back and uh, neck and spine, when it comes to spine injuries like this one, when you're talking about herniated discs, um, the general rule of thumb is don't cut if you don't have to. Um, If if there's any way to rehab it, that's usually preferable. I'm not a doctor, but that is a a loose rule of thumb here. Now, Jack Eichel doesn't see it that way. No, he has found uh, through his own research, through his own, his side's research, um, I, I, you know, people are calling it an experimental procedure. I don't think that's fair because if it's an experimental procedure fully, I mean, Jack Eichel's not the first human who would ever undergo this operation. It's, it's been done before on other people. And then as far as athletes, it's never been done on an NHL player. I will say that, uh, it has been done on a couple of MMA fighters, which when you look at uh, MMA fighting versus you know NHL playing, I think you can make a few loose comparisons about contact and danger, the neck area, and things like that. And it, it was completely successful with the two MMA fighters so far. This is a surgery you don't hear a lot about. Um, specifically, if I'm not mistaken, Brian, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it entails inserting a plastic disc to replace the herniated disc an artificial disc yes um because here's the other option right so if rest and rehab do do not work and they as as we know as as far as we know right now rest and rehab have not worked and we're past the 12-week window that doctors will recommend so if it doesn't work to fix a herniated disc Typically, the actual surgery, he's still going to need surgery. The surgery that you need is, if it doesn't work, is spinal fusion. So you're, you're actually fusing the two you know, spinal bones in there together to stabilize it at that point. But, you know, there, there's risk with that as well. And, and nobody wants, I mean, if you can avoid having spinal fusion surgery, you can do it. And, uh, and especially if you have an op- a procedure that, that, you know, has worked for other people. I think that's the way Jack Eichel's looking at it. Because if if he has the part experimental surgery, the newer surgery, if we want to say that, and it works, and he's only 24 years old, theoretically, he wouldn't need spinal fusion surgery. He wouldn't need that. And he could just go on. Like, and, and it, it's got a recovery time, I believe, of two to three months, typically. Uh, so if you were to have that done, let's say in July... You know, August, September's two months, October's three. You know, he probably maybe misses the, if it works, uh, you know, he misses the first half, you know, two weeks of the season, maybe the first month. 
And then you got Jack Eichel at 24, 25 years old. And the other thing with Eichel, that you know, I think if you're looking at it from the you should go get Eichel standpoint um, is his contract. I mean, it's a, he makes $10 million a year, ton of money. But at the same time, he's guaranteed for another five years. You know, he's only three years into an eight year deal and his no trade doesn't kick in until after next season. But why would you want to trade him if you go out and spend the world to get him right? Like the, the reason if you're the Blue Jackets, you want to get him is cost certainty. You'd have five more years of Jack Eichel, a number one center. And, you know, unless he, you know, kind of melts down here and ass out, you know, uh, you, you're guaranteeing yourself a number right. one. Center. We'll get into that in a second. Um Eichel was the second overall pick in 2015 after uh, Connor McDavid and before Dylan Strom, Mitch Marner, and Noah Hannafin. That was the Zach Wierenski draft. The Jackets got Wierenski at eight. Um, uh, and since Eichel, you know, um, is generally good for 30 goals and, you know, 50 assists, 80 points a year, uh, give or take. Um, this is an elite uh, uh, number one center, uh, as as uh, as Hedge said, now available at the age of 24 years and 238 days. Uh, if you want to be uh, exact about it, he's a Massachusetts kid. Um, so Hedge, this is a massive risk reward thing. Um, we don't know how deep. Uh, the Blue Jackets are in negotiations or, or talks with, um, with, with, with the Buffalo Sabres. We know Buffalo wants to move them. Um, as you mentioned before we came on the air, it's been reported that Buffalo wants to, quote, unquote, win this trade. And, uh, and if you're a team looking at Jack Eichel, one of the first things you're looking at is, is the neck. Um, the second thing you're looking at um, is – what you what what you have to give up to get them, and and uh, we can get into both of those things today. Um, Hedge, it's going to cost a lot to get them. What what would you thumbnail it as? And and I should add very quickly that Brian did address a lot of this material in a story that uh, you can find at Dispatch.com that was uh, uh, 24 hours ago. So Brian, you're looking at an elite center, yes, but a big question mark health wise. There's also a question mark when you can actually get them in the lineup. And there's also the very real consideration you have to give to what you're what you're giving up to get uh, this player who, granted, is a rare commodity to acquire at this stage of his career. Yeah, you know, I, I did write about this in just kind of a speculative way. You know, nothing. Nobody told me anything. Hey, this is what they're asking or anything like that. And my piece came out before. You know, Friedman came out uh, yesterday, I believe, and, and said that they want to win the trade. You know, that he's heard, you know, Buffalo wants to, quote unquote, win the trade. So when I looked at it before hearing that information, I looked at it and said, look, I mean, the guy does have the knee injury or knee injury, the neck injury. Um, you know, and, and Buffalo is in a sticky spot, right? Like, let's face it, neck injury or no neck injury feels like the guy wants out. Like he's had it. He wants out. Well, guess what? the blue jackets are very familiar with that situation, right? Like they've had their own guys go through the same thing. So they know what a sticky, terrible spot you're in when a player says that, 
at that point. It's hard to quote unquote win any trades at that point when the other teams know that you don't have much leverage. You know, the guy wants out. And so I looked at it and said, look, if it's probably going to take the fifth overall pick, I would think that's at least one this year. They, they have the fifth overall, maybe one more of those second two that they have in the, that are going to be in the twenties of the first round. Um, they need to trade a goalie and Buffalo desperately needs a goalie. I would personally not give them uh, Elvis Merz Lakins, but if I was giving them those other two first round picks, I would say, you know, you can have uh Yunus Corpusalo, who's a very, very good goaltender. Uh, and he has a lower cap hit. So there's a goalie, two first round picks. And if there's something else in there, they might have to throw in either another pick or a prospect potentially that, I mean, well, I'm, I'm trying to put together a pretty massive deal here that would make sense to get a Jack Eichel here. Um, but you know, it like there, let's face facts here. If, if Buffalo has this hard line stance that they're going to quote unquote, win this trade, um, there may be no trades that happen because if it's really down to the ducks and the blue jackets, I think the odds are pretty high that both those GMs are just going to walk and be like, look, I like this guy a lot, but there is the next thing. And, you know, we just don't know at this point uh, how, how, how we're going to, how that's going to get resolved. So we're not going to pay you through the nose as if he was not injured. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see if he gets moved and what he gets moved for. Okay. So the question here in Columbus, as well as I imagine in, in Anaheim, uh, it's a pretty similar situation. Um, these are teams that are in rebuilds. Um, so the question for the Jackets is, do you do a blockbuster deal or do you continue to bottom out um, to continue to acquire assets to rebuild your team? Um, an acquisition such as Eichel, even though he still has five years remaining on his contract, it's good. He'll be 25 when the season starts. I mean, that's a young player again on the upside of his prime. Um, but do you want to give all that up and shuck the rebuild, Brian, or do you want to continue to rebuild in the more traditional way? So is this prized player who's going to have potentially a ceramic disc in place or whatever material they're going to use in, in place of, of, uh, of one of his discs in his neck, uh, big question mark. And on top of it, and this is interesting to me, is is the latest, if I'm not mistaken, is that uh, no team's been allowed to talk to Jack Eichel yet. Is that correct? Which which is a way of which is a way of saying that that um, his medical information is not being shared at this point. Is that true? Um, I, I don't know if the medical information part is true because they can always get that. But what is true is, according to you know the, some of the insiders that have been commenting on this, um, is that you know team. You're right. You're right. Teams have not been allowed to talk to Jack. So what that means is you have to go through the team to to for all this stuff. So we don't know. Like if it, like let's just hypothetically say that the Jackets are talking to him. Actually, they are talking to him. We know that. Um, if they, if you know, if Yarmo and JD and and the crew over there want to see the medical records, they're going to have to go through the the Sabers and be like, hey, give us what you got and let us see what you have. So we don't know whether that's happened or or anything like that, but but nothing with Jack at this point. And if, and if you're going to do a trade of this magnitude, um, giving the giant question mark that is his health, um, 
you want to one know as much as you can about his medical condition and what he and his people are are, are thinking of in terms of this surgery. And two, you'd want to you'd want to know what Jack Eichel feels about coming to Columbus um, after you tell him what your plan is. Um, so the, I mean, those are, those are two huge question marks there, Brian. I will say this: uh, he shares an agent with Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, the guy's name is Peter Fish, and uh, Bjorkstrand just signed a five-year was a five-year deal. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was like a, it was a long extension for him. For it was a long-term extension. He signed it after last year, and you know I, I have you know talking to talk to some people that are pretty close to that situation. Just not in terms of whether a deal were, will happen, but I have asked that question. To me, it sounds like. Eichel wouldn't necessarily be upset about it. Like he, like it's a new, it's a new place. Uh, there's, there's talent here. You have Patrick Line here still as well, unless they trade him away. That's, that's the key question. Like if, if Eichel comes in and and he actually does get back to Jack Eichel, right, and you don't have to worry about the neck and and he keeps his career going, does a guy like that help Patrick Line become Patrick Line again? You know, do, do, do you bring out the best in Patrick Line if you keep him by getting a top line center that can get him the puck in places to score? You know, does uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, let's say he's on that line and, and Line is still kind of scuffling, does Bjorkstrand go to 40 goals instead of 30 at this point? You know, if he stays healthy, I mean, Cam Atkinson, I mean, does he get back up to 40 goals? Uh, you know, a guy like this can really help some of those wingers that you have here who need centers desperately. Well, he's a he's a when healthy, he's an elite top line center. Um, that said, he's an elite top line center on a team that's been mired in last place uh, for years. Somebody's got uh, it. there. There is there are some who uh, who are turned off by that, who fairly or unfairly look at the situation and say, well, if this guy's so good and Sam Reinhardt's so good and Rasmus Dahlin is so good and so on and so on and so on, if Why Jack Eichel's so good, do you not have to question what mm-hmm. his part is in being a last place team for years? There are obviously mitigating factors, such as the team's been grossly mismanaged and has a meddlesome, um, and when it comes to the Sabres, a, a, a very thrifty owner, uh, to put it one way. So, so that's the other. That's another side of this, and it's talked about a lot. Hedge, what are your thoughts on Jack Eichel's responsibility, or attitude, or however you want to put it, however you want to put it, when it comes to saying, "Okay, this guy's a great player, and they're in last place," and what does that mean for the Blue Jackets? Number of things here to re- respond on that uh, to to kind of push back on some of this stuff. One is. I personally feel like this is a guy who's misunderstood. I really do. I think people think he's weird and has this like, yeah, he's been painted with this, you know, clubhouse cancer, like, you know, uh, reputation. I think he just wants to win. And I think he like, like before he went to Buffalo, he was at Boston. U. Spent a year there, and as far as I can tell, nobody complained about his personality at Boston U and said he was a he was the reason they lost in the I think they lost in the championship game or whatever. You know, nobody blamed him for that. Hang on, and uh, you know, um, so I don't think that's a problem. I, I think I think if you trade for him, if anything, he's going to be motivated 
to, to prove that, you know, he is a top player and that Buffalo's just Buffalo, right? That's, like that's, that's, that is another side to this narrative that, that this stuff has been overblown, that he's actually a really good teammate that you can't point to one instance where he was anyway problematic. He's the captain. Um, and, uh, and so there is a, there is a contrary or, or contrary or contrarian view of, of, of that, of that narrative that he's somehow some kind of cancer. There's just, there are others that push back and say, no, that's not the case at all. The guy just wants to play hockey one and two. He just wants to win. And obviously he's had enough with, with Buffalo management and who can blame him. That's the other side of it. So are you, you do a blockbuster? I think so. I mean, look, I'm not going to get too crazy and too silly. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, you know, cashing in the entire, you know, um, stockpile of prospects and picks to get them. But I would pay a pretty pri- a high price to bring them in here as long as you can keep enough here to to make it out. like I, I really do think that it's I know he's only one guy and he's hurt and all that stuff. But I do from what I have seen out of him when he's healthy and he's oh, and he's, extraordinary right, player. he's an extraordinary player. And I think that he can make a lot of these other guys on this team better. I mean, what what happens if they he winds up playing with Bemstrom and Bemstrom learns how to hit the net? You know, <laughs> I mean, Jack Eichel could probably help a guy like that. And I'm just throwing that wildly out there. I mean, let's face it. He comes here and line A's still here. He's probably playing with line A and Atkinson or line A and Bjorkstrand, one of those two. But, um, you know, the other thing is be, like, like people look at the, the Sabres basically sucking the entire time he was there. Sabres haven't had goaltending for how long? Like their goaltending has been atrocious been bad. That's why they're out there looking for a goalie right now. They they got Rasmus Dahlin and everyone's like, oh, the defense is fixed and Rasmus Ristolainen. Hey, here's another guy that wants out of Buffalo. How come everybody wants every, how come nobody asks that question? Everybody looks at the Blue Jackets. Oh, well, why does everybody want out of Columbus, right? Well, you know what? Down the road in Buffalo, everybody wants out of Buffalo because they think the organization is a freaking disaster. They want out, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think I would be careful painting Jack Eichel as this, like, you know, uh, as a bad trend. Yeah. You know? Okay. So what, what, what do you give up? You, you, we kind of, at the beginning of the program, you sort of hinted. Well, okay, for what you'd have to start with the number five overall pick. I think not- it starts. Yeah. You have to start with that. Um, because it, that, yeah, I think it starts with that one, especially in this draft. I don't think here's what I wouldn't give up. Personally, I would not give up my first round pick in 22. You know, I wouldn't do it because you're safeguarding like, like, yeah, there's a chance that Eichel comes in here and you have a halfway decent season next year and you'll be in the teens or 20s or even make the playoffs potentially, uh, which seems kind of a joke, but you never know. Um, but I, there's also a good chance that they, they stink again next year. Right. And if that's the case, I'm not, I'm not handing Buffalo a, you know, top five pick potentially next year in, in what's supposed to be one of the best drafts in a long time. You know, like I'd be surprised if they gave up their first rounder in 22, maybe even 23. I guess you could kind of argue that one, but that one's supposed to be a, t- a, a good draft as well. So I think it starts with the number five this year. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give them both of the first rounds, like all three of them. I don't know if I'd do that, you know, cause, because you're probably going to end up, they're going to want a goalie. You know, and so it's either going to be Elvis or or Corpy, and I think both those guys are pretty good assets. 
in their high, you know, uh, late twenties, you're entering their late twenties. It's just say 28 years old, something like that. And so if you're the Sabres, look what you have right now and look what you could have for goaltending plus those picks. Plus, you know, if you throw them in, you know, you throw in a, uh, a prospect or two, I think you can get it done. You know, um, I'll be interested. Would you have, would you have to throw in a, another center like a Texier or a Domi? Well, Domi is, uh, I mean, what's the, what's a, the value with him right now? Because he's got, he's got the shoulder thing he's coming back from. He's probably going to miss the first month of the season and he's going to be a pending, uh, well, he'll be a pending UFA on July 28th. He'll have one, one more year left. So like, I don't say, I don't think there's a ton of like, like super high trade value with him as far as the blue jackets are concerned. But so maybe you do, maybe you throw him in, uh, but at the same time, you know, I thought he started to play pretty well at the end of the last season. Right. Now my point, my point is you'd probably have to throw a center in. Um, and you know, I would, I would think it'd probably be like Texier or something like that. So, Texier or foodie one or two right. you know, play center. But I, I think you would have to do that. I, I would agree with that. Um, so you're, you're, you're for, you're for this trade. I'm, I'm totally for this trade. I'm Why? Totally, but I'm totally for this trade. Cause I think that if, if you were even a year or two older, I would be against the trade. I think that he being 24, 25, not 25 yet. His best years are the coming here. Here's another way I look at it. Okay. Like I, and I see all these blue jacket fans who are just uh, uh, apoplectic up in arms. Okay, you're not going to draft Jack Eichel in this tra- in this draft. People need to realize that right now. It's not going to happen. Like there is no Jack Eichel in this tra- in this draft. You have a nice little center and Matty Beneers. You got a guy who can sort of play center and Kent Johnson. Um, you have well, I, I like personally. I like Mason McTavish a ton, and I think he could be a really good two C some at some point. I don't maybe a one center down the road. I don't know. No, your point's well taken, Hedge. But you know, if you're getting Jack Eichel, um, you, you also have to gauge what you could lose. And again, this is another question mark in this deal. There's a lot of them, but these 22 and 23 drafts are loaded. Yep. And so they would be part and parcel of any rebuilding plans in 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 Columbus. Um, is is projecting those drafts and uh, makes them better. And th- those are two two um, two touted drafts already with some some elite talent uh, at the top of the board, uh, more so than this year for sure. Um, so do you roll the dice, take Eichel and his neck? cross your fingers and potentially take yourself out of the running for what could be a franchise changing athlete, either in 22 or 23. Uh, I, well, you mean like, as far as if he makes them better, they drop down the draft boards, what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. I do take that risk. I do. Because here's the thing. You also, if you don't trade Warinsky, there's a, there's a, maybe, maybe you can find a team that thinks they're going to be halfway good or they don't know. And you can trade them to them, get their first round pick potentially, and maybe they maybe they bottom out. You give yourself a chance. Listen, you know, uh, I look at let's look at it a different way. Okay? okay, so right now we think the finalists are Anaheim and Columbus. That's what's out there. Yeah, that's what's out there. We don't know necessarily about the Rangers, but that their name has been thrown out there. But. If Jack Eichel were to go to a metropolitan division team, and if assuming the NHL goes back to their regular divisions, the Blue Jackets go back to the Metro, he goes to a really good Metro team 
and you're fighting against this guy for five years and because the surgery works. And now you don't have a number one center to match up with Jack Eichel. And he actually slides in somewhere else, fits in well, and they kick your butt every time. I don't want to hear or see on, on Twitter all the, my timeline filled up with, well, you should have gotten Eichel because you have a chance to get him right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's the argument I make is like don't regret something right now. Because everyone's afraid of, like, if you get them and it doesn't work out, there's going to be massive regrets and all that. I get all that, but there's going to be regrets, too, if you let him go somewhere else and he kicks your butt for five games a year. You know? there's, yeah, this is this is a really – this is a conundrum here. Um, there's two sides in every argument you look at with, with Jack Eichel. Um, Jack Eichel healthy would be the best center the Jackets have ever had um, and really not even close. The um, only area, so, sorry to interrupt really quick. The only area where, you, and I've seen it, this on Twitter as well, and they're right. The only area of drawback is face-offs, right? Like his face-off numbers haven't been great, but he, has, he hasn't hit 50% yet. But if you look at his numbers over the course of his career, he's only played, what, five years? So the, you look at his numbers over the course of the career and you stack them up to what Dubois was at, basically the same guy and actually a little bit better the last two years. I think he was 49% this year before he got hurt. So I think he's on the rise in the face-off circle, uh, but definitely struggled in that area the first two or three seasons. I know, for me, that's not a deal breaker. Yeah, um, so either. Um, in, in any case, uh, you know, the, the alternative is, can you, with Jack Eichel, get to where you want to be which is a Stanley Cup contender, faster than you would uh, or more surely than you can by riding out the rebuild and building through draft and development. Well, yeah, and here's here's a, yet another aspect to this whole thing. Okay, we haven't even – I've mentioned in passing the fact that Seth Jones wants out, right? Right. Well, he's another asset that, I mean, listen, he's probably not going to change his mind. Even if they get Eichel, he probably wants to test free agency. Fine, whatever. That's another guy that, like, can, could you trade a Seth Jones and get a first-round pick in this year's draft that's halfway decent? Like, can you get a 10 to 12? Can You, you know what I mean? Like, from somebody else that may want to see if they can take a shot at, at uh, signing Seth Jones. And if you can find a team that actually – that Jones is like, yeah, I wouldn't mind signing with them, you can ask for a lot more at that point. So he's another asset. Like I said, Wierenski's an asset. Um, they have a number of – line A potentially, but but you'd want to keep line A here if you got Eichel, I would think. you know. Right. So here we are, Hedge, to wrap this up. Um, we're, we're in a, a stretch here. Um, this summer, heading toward the draft, which is July 23-24. Um, in this stretch here, um, through the 28th, right, when free agency opens, um, yep. we're, we're now in a stretch where the course of the Blue Jackets, not just for the near future, but um, for something beyond that, will, will be determined. And uh, Yarmo Kekalainen and, and John Davidson, uh, for all the good work they did to build a team that made the playoffs four years in a row, um, now will rest on whatever they do as being their true legacy in Columbus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're at a crossroads, just like you said. You know, it's it, that's what that's what we're dealing with right now. Um 
You know, and I think they've set it up this way when you really, when you look at that, right? I think they, I think a decision before JD even came back here, a decision was clearly made at the trade deadline this year to say, Hey, we need first round picks. Uh, we got to fix this thing. And we're, we're going to, we're spinning this guy off and that guy off. And it was Felino and Savard. So they set themselves up with this situation, having three first round picks. They're in the catbird seat for once, I think, uh, you know, cause whether they make a deal or not, Either way, look, if you make a deal and the surgery works and you're, you're good with it and it works, you got Jack Eichel for like five years and, and he's, he's only going to get better in my opinion, you know, and that's, that's where like, other than defense and goaltending, like, you know, how you build that, you know, from the goal out or whatever, you still need number one centers. They're so rare, you know, that, and if you don't make the trade, you got the five overall pick, you're probably going to trade one of the later overall picks to either move up or get something else or whatever. I think they're in a good spot right here, but yes, I would say, I would agree with you in that assessment on JD and Yarmo. Interesting summer here on stay tuned at dispatch.com with our man, Brian Hedger. I'm Mike A-Race. Uh, we'll, we'll be back soon if anything else breaks for sure here on Cannon Fodder. Before Patrick Flaherty, the pod father, and Brian, thanks for joining us. And uh, Patrick, blow us out of here.